Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, uh, we will be dealing with God's eternality. Uh, for those of you who've been joining us for the past few weeks, we've been going through the attributes of God, uh, God's essence, what is he like, what does the Bible reveal to us about God. And the Bible only captures some things about God, but those other things that are now revealed to us in Scripture, we can be very well assured that it's consistent with what we already do know about him. The Bible itself tells us that uh, there are many things that God has performed, uh, even through Jesus, that was not recorded. So um, definitely, we that are finite uh, cannot fully apprehend uh, the full scope of God's eternality. So before we go down the road, let us uh, define what God being eternal represents. And when we say that God is eternal, what we are saying is God exists at all times. Uh, we are dealing with God's relationship to space and time, and he has no beginning and end. And many of us uh, remember uh, scriptures that tells us that uh, God is Alpha and Omega, as in Revelations. Uh, and also uh, in the Old Testament, we are reminded that God is uh, the beginning and the end, meaning that God transcends time. Uh, God exists in all aspects in terms of his countenance. God is everywhere. Psalms 139, uh, this psalmist uh, himself records the fact that there's nowhere he can go that God's presence is not there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, he's there. Uh, if I go up in the heavens, he's there. Wherever I am, God is existent. So God, uh, his countenance is everywhere. Um, God existing at all times also represents the fact that uh, God is his presence is felt in every dimension. Think about it. There's nothing as close in nature as the atoms, A-T-O-M-S, the atoms that consist and make up our body. God, because of who he is, he's able to keep the atoms together. If it wasn't for God keeping the atoms together, our bodies would not be formed in the way that it's formed. God is responsible for gravity. If, if it wasn't for God and him sustaining gravity, um, we would be dealing with a space continuum. We, we would be floating about. So God is responsible for maintaining nature. He's responsible for uh, giving us uh, carbon uh, dioxide, and yeah, he's responsible for everything that keeps us 
uh, safe. God is responsible for it. And all of this is, is done in time, but God is not only in time, he's of time. And he transcends time. That's the thing about God. Again, he's wholly other. God is not like us. This is why we must diligently pursue to get to know God because he's not like us. And even the smartest human being on this earth could never unravel the ontology of God. And let's not forget that reality. We cannot unpack the ontology of God without going to the scriptures. So let's look at some scriptures that substantiates the fact that God is eternal. God is eternal. Job 36 and 26 tells us how great is God beyond our understanding. The number of his years is past finding out. Job 36 and 26. How great is God Beyond our understanding, the number of his years is past finding out. God is great. God is great. God is wholly other. He's not uh, like us. We are, are a finite reflection of his infinitude. God is infinite. We are finite. What we have in common with him is uh, limited. God is love. He wants us to love. For God's love is perfect. Our love is imperfect. God is patient. He wants us to be patient. But we often fall short. So we are a reflection of what exists perfectly in God. Job 36, 26. How great is God beyond our understanding. I realize that uh, humanity have discursively learned many things throughout history. Uh, there was a time where we couldn't fly. There was a time where uh, cars didn't exist. There was a time where trains didn't exist. There was a time where uh, uh, nuclear bombs and atomic bombs did not exist. So men have learned and created various things throughout the years. The um, The... Uh, uh, e e Egyptian pyramids uh, were created. Uh, the wonders of the world, uh, the Great Wall of China, all of these things, men uh, have been blessed and have been creative enough to develop. Even in, in the scriptures, in Genesis, we learn about Nimrod and, and the tower that he created. So men uh, have been creative, men have been adventurous, men have had success in uh, physics, men that have success in science, and because of that, uh, some men have gotten beyond themselves. They've become arrogant. They've become prideful, and just like Nimrod, God had to come down and confound their language to the point where they couldn't work in unity like they did before. So whatever we've done that's great, we need to give God the credit for it. God gave us the intellect. God created the, uh, the science, the physics that were already here for us to even learn about it. God is beyond our understanding. And so uh, the, the, the sad thing is when humanity gets a little bit of success, we tend to focus on ourselves and we, we have a tendency to brag on ourselves when the glory ought to go to God. 
God is eternal. He's beyond our understanding. And when the time passed, God still will be there. Before this time, God was there. Psalm 90 and 2 says, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So before everything was created, there was God. In the beginning, God. God was there in the beginning when there was nothing. And then uh, due to ex nihilo, meaning he created something out of nothing, God brought forth everything we have in nature, including humanity. So before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So God was here in the beginning. God is here now. God is not like deism proposes. Those that are deists, D-E-I-S-T, D-E-I-S-T, uh, basically argue that, yes, God created the world, but he's left us alone to run our own lives. That's what deism proposes. Uh, those that believe in a deistic theology, uh, that God created the world, but now he's left us in charge to run it, meaning that God is no longer in the picture. But that's a false view of what the Bible espouses. The Bible tells us not only did God create the universe, God is seeking a loving relationship with his creation. And that loving relationship uh, comes about through a relationship with his son, Jesus the Christ. So we that are sober-minded should always remember that God is seeking a loving relationship with all of humanity. This time that we have is designed for humanity to turn to God by the way of Jesus the Christ. So before the mountains were made, God was there. God is still here in this life. And after this life, after this period, after this dispensation, God would still be there. Psalm 90 and 4. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Psalms 90 and 4. A thousand years in your sight or like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. So we're talking about how God deals with us. When we pray, we often want an immediate answer. And a day with us is like a thousand day in God's eyesight, meaning that God doesn't operate on our time. God doesn't function on our time. God functions and operates on his time. And so when the time is perfect on his time, God will respond the way he wants to. I believe that God, when we pray earnestly, God is already answering. Either he's saying yes, he's saying no, or God is saying just wait. So we need to, we need to conform ourselves uh, to the will of God, and we need to be ready to receive what he has for us. So Psalms 90 and 4, thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Isaiah 57 and 15, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in the high and holy place, but also with the one 
who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. That's what God is saying. But let's look at uh, part A of the scripture. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. That part that talks about he who lives forever, again, is dealing with God's eternality. God has no beginning. God has no end. Someone may be saying, well, how can God not have a beginning? I can't answer that. But God knows. And through faith, I believe what he's revealed about himself. Through faith, I believe that God has always existed. And through faith, we understand that God loves humanity ontologically. But through faith, God has a standard. I believe that I'm going to heaven. I haven't seen heaven. I haven't touched heaven. But through faith, I believe heaven exists. And because God has always been here, because he's always been credible by um, speaking through his prophets, by uh, revealing uh, various miracles, and definitely by sending Jesus the Christ as the litmus test for his prophetic utterances, I believe in God. Because of my experiential reality with Jesus Christ, because of how he's shaped me, because of how he's renewed my mind, because of how he saved me, that to me, on a subjective level, I can't speak for you, on a subjective level, I've seen God operate in my life. And since Jesus is real, uh, everything he said about the Father has to be real uh, because Jesus is truth. Jesus is equal to the Father. And uh, Jesus says he's Alpha and Omega, just like in the Old Testament. So God's eternality is not something that's man-made. This is what God has revealed about himself. That again was Isaiah 57 and 15, where it says, For this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. And then God says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. John 17 and 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And this is Jesus uh, praying to the Father and acknowledging that before everything was created, he was with the Father. Again, they existed before and after time, and they do exist before and after time. So John 17 and 5 is just a corroboration of what we've been talking about. God is eternal. He exists before and after time. He exists uh, in the way that he has portrayed himself in the scriptures. God exists again at all times. We are dealing with God's relationship, his relationship to space and time. He has no beginning and end. So when when we say God is eternal, that's what we're talking about. We're saying God exists at all times in relationship to space, in relationship to time. God exists. So when we, uh, when people are doing things they ought not to be doing, they need to understand that God is not just relegated to your church building, your physical church building. God is everywhere. So when you're doing the things you ought not to be doing, 
God is still there. God is a witness to our transgressions. God is still there. God sees what you're doing. God sees uh, where you're going in the dark. God sees the things that you say that you ought not to be saying. God sees uh, the type of, of, of planning you're doing for self-centered reasons. God sees all of that. So when we talk about, God, about God's eternality, I'm like the psalmist. Where is it that we can go that God is not present? Where can we run to that God is not already there? And this is what Jonah had to come to grips with. Yes, you can run. You can get on a, a boat to Joppa. You can, you can try to escape your responsibilities. But where are you going? God is still there. Uh, some of us, we run from our situations. Instead of allowing God to help us through it, we think running is going to uh, solve our problems. We think moving from state to state is going to solve our problems. But where is it that you can go? That God isn't there, meaning that if God hasn't um, told you or commanded you to move and you decide to move anyway, you're doing it on your own strength. You're doing it on your own understanding and you out of step with God's will for your life. So you think moving away from the situation is going to make things better. And and let me qualify that. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about uh, things in your life where you just want to change the scenery uh, for yourself, but God hasn't ordained it. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. So in relation to that, just remember that you can't run away from your problems, especially if the problem is you. If you are the problem, you can't run away from yourself. So you can move to 50 states, but if you're the problem, you're always going to have the same issues. You're always going to have the same problems because there is something within you that needs to be unraveled by God. And and God is the only one that can help you through it. It's almost like uh, people that are in uh, relationships and they discover that um, every relationship they've been in has some commonalities, have some similarities. Well, the problem sometimes is not the other people, it's us. We have a broken uh, relationship radar. We keep picking the same type of person. We keep getting involved with the same type of person. We keep dating the same type of person. We keep calling the same type of person. They have different names. They have different types of looks, but they wind up having a commonality. And we, we, we discover that we haven't been talking to God and we've been leaning on our own understanding. And leaning on your own understanding can lead you to a reality where you finally realize that my relationship uh, radar is broken and I need to turn it over to God. When we follow God's prescription for relationships, we have a better understanding. And then we are leaning on the Holy Ghost, which means that our desire to be in a relationship is now uh, focused and it's now, um, it's now dealing with a supernatural uh, uh, aspect because we now we turn it over to God. We, we're, we're, we're doing it spiritually and not just physically. So God is eternal. And because he's eternal, he sees around the corner. And I'm using that metaphorically. God sees tomorrow. So when God tells you to stay away from this type of person, He knows what he's talking about. When God says, don't move on this decision, he knows what he's talking about because it's eternal. He sees, 
He was there yesterday. He's here today. And he sees tomorrow. So when God speaks to you, he's operating from all three vantage points. Revelations 1 and 8. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is also to come, the Almighty. Again, Revelations 1 and 8 reminds us that God is the Alpha. He is the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is also to come, the Almighty. I am the Alpha and the, and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, Revelations 1.8. So again, we're reminded, we're reminded that God is before. God is here now, and God will be here at the end of time. And in between, while we wait on this dispensation to close, God has work for us to do. And we ought to work with that in mind, that we're dealing not with a finite God. We're dealing with an eternal God. Meaning when he speaks to us, he's not speaking to us from a singular vacuum. God is speaking to us from a collective, meaning that God is speaking to us from uh, yesterday. He speaks to, to, uh, to us from a vantage point of today, and he's speaking to us from the vantage point of tomorrow. So God uh, is not like a human advisor. God is a divine advisor. God is not like a human mentor. God is a perfect mentor. God is not like a human um, uh, leader. God is the perfect leader. Uh, God is not like a human sacrifice. God is a divine and supernatural and powerful sacrifice. So God is eternal and his eternality has an impact on our faith and it ought to have an impact on our daily walk. Uh, because when I go to God and talk to him about situations, God speaks from his eternal nowness. When I go to God and I pray about my shortcomings, God responds from his eternal nowness. When I go to God and I speak to him about others, God responds to me from his eternal nowness. So it's important that we uh, approach the throne of mercy with confidence through faith knowing that God is he is who he said he is and he will answer us according to his divine nature and according uh, to this uh, attribute of eternality. Second Peter 3 and 8 says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. It's just like the previous scripture that we talked about. So um, it's the same thing. Let's not forget uh, who God is. Let's not forget what his promises are. Uh, just like Psalm 90 and 4, uh, 2 Peter 3 and 8, they're very similar uh, that God uh, operates from his eternality where we operate uh, from our finitude. So I hope uh, you all got something from this episode dealing with God's attribute of, uh, of eterni eternality. Uh, that is a very important attribute that we all should remember uh, because through faith, approaching God from his, his eternality uh, means something, and it will help us to get through our daily affairs. Well, our time has come to a close. Um, for those that have been praying for us, thank you. For those who like to donate, please go on our website, 
And please continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.